0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for the very special, special music. I don't want things to always stay the same. I think most of us could relate to that that statement, that that change sometimes is good. Most of the time, it's very good. Um, Historically, the story is told that Winston Churchill and Lady Astor, both who were (laughs) half-Americans. Lady Astor was the first, excuse me, the second female elected to the British Parliament. But she and Churchill, maybe it was their American blood, she and Churchill clashed quite often. And once Churchill was somewhat inebriated and she was a little angry with him and so she walked up to him and said to Churchill you're drunk and Churchill said and you're ugly but tomorrow i'll be sober change is a good thing in many realms there's some things that will never change we battle the question An age-old question in our society, in our world. Why is there evil in this world? Why is there so much evil? If God is a loving God, why do people hurt? If God is a loving God, why do uh, people get murdered senselessly? Why do children die young from a dreaded evil disease such as cancer? If God's such a good God, why is there evil in this world? Well, our Savior, I'm convinced, gives us an answer to that in the book of Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is using eight different parables. We saw the first, the sower, the seed, and the soil in last week's examination of the 13th chapter. This week, we see the parable... Of the wheat and the tares, let's read from the Word of God, beginning in Matthew chapter thirteen and verse twenty four and we'll just stop at verse thirty and not get to the interpretation uh, that Jesus gives of that just yet, but first verse twenty four another parable he put forth to them, saying, "The kingdom of heaven." Is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. but While men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain was, uh, had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? he said to them, an enemy has done this. And the servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles, To burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. What do we take from Jesus' teaching? We said last week that a parable has basically one message, one main point. And so, what do we take from this? I know what many take from this parable a wrong interpretation. Jesus is not teaching about the church. He's speaking about the kingdom. We'll get to that in a few moments to hopefully help you to see and understand that. But what is then the message? Well, I think there's a message of encouragement to us who live in the realm of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, that even though we are in the kingdom, there is evil to be found at this present time mixed in. And our encouragement is that it will one day be fully separated from His kingdom at the end of the age. God is keeping score. We see that. And so, Matthew teaches us in, in this gospel, Luke's gospel as well, that the kingdom of God. Uh, we've seen from the beginning in our study of Matthew that, that, that the Lord Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. And so the kingdom is here. Matthew 12, 28, Jesus said, Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. And by that he meant to say, or he, he is meaning to say, is near, is at hand, is, is, is in your midst. Luke chapter 17 uh, Uh, Indeed, the kingdom of God is within you or in your midst. And so if the kingdom of God is in our midst, why is there evil? Why then has evil been allowed to remain? Why does it seem that evil is stronger than ever? Have you ever contemplated that question? It's, It's a philosophical question, but it's a real question. Why is there so much resistance to the king if the kingdom is in our midst? Think about that. Why why would people not bow down before the Lord Jesus Christ? He's a God of grace. He's good. He's loving. He's saving. Why would everyone not bow at his knee? Well, we know the answer to that. There's resistance. and, and, and we see that. And so Jesus speaks a parable that gives us the answer. It teaches us that Jesus is fully aware that evil seems to prevail in this world. And, and though evil is mixed in the midst of the kingdom, it'll be fully separated from the end. So I want us to look at this parable. And what we've read, the, the first giving of the parable, the Lord gives, I'll call it instruction. He, he speaks instruction to those who would hear, to those who would listen. And, and it's a parable. It was given to the multitudes. Uh, we understand that. And he later gives a interpretation of the parable. I think there's a principle there that, that's really not even a part of this, but if you want to understand God's word, you can come apart from the world uh, and get along with the Lord Jesus and hear Him as He speaks. And that's what the disciples will do at a moment. They met with Him privately as well. But Jesus puts forth uh, this parable. The, the, in verse 24, you see the, word, the phrase put forth. It means to, to place near. It means to place beside. It was like setting a meal before someone. Jesus gave them instruction. And he speaks to them. And he speaks about that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. We, we recognize that uh, there, there was a, uh, the sight of a man sowing seed in a field. in that culture was not uncommon. They recognized it. And, and Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like that. He's sowing good seed. He wanted a good crop. And so he sows good seed in the kingdom. He wanted them to take root, to be a productive. But then there's something very evil that takes place. Verse 25, while men slept, the enemy, his enemy, came and sowed tares among the wheat. What are tares? Um, scholars tell us that it's a reference to a darnel uh, that was that's even to this day is found in the Middle East. It's a weed prevalent in that day and it looked very much like wheat uh, when, when it sprouted up and it even appeared to have an ear on it like a, a wheat kernel might, might grow as it develops and such. And, and, and really you couldn't tell a difference between them until they both had become ripe. And so it wasn't something you could just, just harvest right away and get rid of the tares. But the tares were most definitely not wheat. And and if they were to be harvested and get mixed in with the wheat when one would make bread, that bread would make someone sick, dizzy, nauseous, very sick. And so it's a malicious act that someone is trying to sabotage the harvest sabotage uh, the, the crop. And look what's asked. The, verse 27. So, the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? It's a rhetorical question. They knew he had. They understood that, that Jesus, or or rather that the, the owner of the field had sowed good seed, proper seed. How then does it have tares? Just How did this happen? That's what they're asking. You planted good seed. Just pause for a moment. And and if Jesus' kingdom has come into this world, then how is it that evil has sprouted up in the midst among it? Is there a problem with the seed? Is there a problem with, with those that are wheat? Why is there so much harm done, and many times done in the name of Christ? Just this week, a friend texted me a, a, an article, a story of uh, where, I forget the country, one of the third world countries, uh, in the name of Christ, a number, I think it's five or seven, uh, were tried to do an exorcism of some people, and, and they died. Why, why, in the name of religion, in the name of Christ, why do people gather, they moved to another country? Many years ago, you remember the uh, Guyana experience and Jim Jones. And ultimately, all of those people that die, in the name of Christ. Evil. Why is there so much opposition? We might even ask, Lord, didn't you sow a good kingdom? In this world. Do you ever get discouraged? Do you ever begin to wonder. Why does it, Why are there tears Among that. And the answer is the enemy. Verse 28 again. Jesus said to them. An enemy has done this. It was not that Jesus sowed evil. Into his field. Or that the owner of the field. The fact that evil is mixed. In the kingdom. Is the devil's doing. And so. They asked the question, verse 28, Master, do you want us then to go and gather them up? you want us to employ a discernment task and go out and pull out the tares and get rid of them? But Jesus, the owner of the field, says, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. The tares' root would intermingle and intertwine amongst the, the wheat. And so if you do it, You'll ruin the wheat. You'll hurt the. You'll harm the heat. It'll make uh, the wheat. It'll make things worse. And so you let them grow together. Verse thirty, until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers: First, gather together the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, and gather the wheat into my barn. So we see in this text, we see that uh, if you're wondering why there's evil mixed into the world, into the kingdom, then here's your answer. An enemy has sowed it. And so that's the instruction that, that, that Jesus gives. It's a problem that we have to endure. We live in a world with evil. But then let's go to, these disciples wanted an interpretation They wanted to understand this parable. They had ears and had heard, and so they they asked for an explanation. or We'll call this the interpretation. Verse 36 through 43. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. That's the Lord Jesus. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus is always willing to give insight to those who seek it. That's a good rule for us in studying of scripture if you want to understand, he'll give that. And look look how it gives a point by point interpretation or explanation of this passage. He first presents himself as the sower, the man who owns the field and sows in it as he wishes. The sower is sovereign. In this passage, it's being sown, the seed is being sown in the world. Verse 38, now the field is the world, it is not the church. A lot of people read this parable and they bring the interpretation that there are tares among the wheat. In other words, it's their way of saying there are lost people in the church. And somehow or another then they begin to say we need to get rid of the tares in the wheat. There are famous evangelists that have made uh, a lifetime out of going into churches and preaching this parable and this message and, and, and saying uh, are you a tare among the wheat. And, and I'm not saying there's not lost people among the church fellowship. But that's not the interpretation of this parable. That's not what Jesus is saying. Um, So so we we need to make that. The world is the realm of human life and activity. That's where the seeds are sown, in the world, the realm of human life and activity. Now, notice the seed represents people in this parable. He said he sowed good seed. There are basically two kinds of seed. Uh, there's bad seed there's good seed he's pointing out that what was sown or what was the people he's speaking of are the good people the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom verse 38 the tares are the sons of the wicked one they are under the devil's sway they do not understand the savior's word they do not follow him they do not trust him They're lost. They openly oppose him and fight against his kingdom's spread. So that's what he's talking about. Now, the devil is the one who sows the sons of the wicked one. That that wicked one, compared as tares, to mix and mingle among Christ's good seed. Now, who are the reapers? They're not the sons of the kingdom, the reapers are angels. And so he's talking about an event that will take place, the time's given here, at the end of the age. The harvest, verse 39. It doesn't sp- speak of the end of the world, but the end of the age. Uh, in, in the history of this, this world, it's a time of Judgment. Uh, it takes us to that angelic announcement in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. It says, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. So we embrace that. We understand the, uh, the interpretation of this. Uh, for a time then, what must we do? We must endure in this evil world. Why? Because we win! The sons of the kingdom. The children of God. There's victory. Yes, there's evil in the world. Yes, there is an enemy who is working to discredit. Who is working to destroy. But be patient. We win. We win in the end. Guaranteed. And that's the promise that's given here. So there's instruction. Then there's an explanation or interpretation And then I want to give an application. I think there are three or four things that we need to say uh, regarding this, some practical lessons about this parable that are important for us in 2020 to be able to grasp. One, I think we need to understand and recognize the presence and influence of believers, of children of God. It's Jesus' plan... That his kingdom citizens be sown in the world, to be wheat among tares. While we often want to interpret this and read this and say, there are tares among the wheat, Jesus is sending the sons of the kingdom. That's what's to be sown, and, and, and certainly that's the, the, the outcome. But in, in his explanation of this, it seems as though he's, he's choosing to leave the redeemed, the sons of the kingdom, in this great field. Before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed for us. And he said this, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by thy truth. John 17, verses 14 to 19. You might jot that as a reference to understanding this parable and how it's to be applied to our lives. Dear friend, if you have heard the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died for your sin, he paid that penalty fully, completely, and totally Was buried, putting away your sin, and on the third day he was resurrected, prevailing over your sin. If you have heard and believed that message, you're trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are that good seed that Jesus is talking about, that he's sown upon this. And I hope you're thrilled with a sense of greatness. Of your vital importance of what God has placed you here to do. He didn't leave us in this world for a purpose to be wheat among the tares. Then why didn't he just take us out the moment we are saved? You have great value, brother, sister in Christ. You have great value. So there's much to be said about the the presence and influence of believers in this world. But also, something needs to be said about the presence of evil in this world. As, As long as Jesus' kingdom grows in the world, the devil will ensure that evil will be present. We're not to throw up our hands and give up. There are tares among the wheat we realize the devil has everything at stake in seeking to frustrate the sons of the kingdom, to frustrate the owner of the field, the Lord Himself. But we know our sovereign Lord cannot be frustrated in His purpose to redeem, in His purpose to ransom, in His purpose for this world to reveal Him and His glory, the redeemed of this world. I think there are unbelieving and malicious people who, under the inspiration of the devil, uh, they want to cause professing believers or Christians to to doubt. They want to persuade them to dabble in sin. They're tares. They may even look like the wheat. But the, the presence of evil in the world should not sway us because our Lord is victor. He permits evil. Verses 28 and 29 of this passage. uh, The servants came to to offer to gather up the tares. And what did the owner of the field say? No. Our Lord permits evil. It's not our role to remove evil from the world. Now, yes, we're to be salt and light. Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount. We know that we are to be salt, that, that, that... preserves and uh, uh, that gives flavor to this world. We're to be light that pierces the darkness. We're to be all of that. But we do it with knowledge that there is evil in this world and our role isn't to remove it. Now, in the church, that's a different thing. Okay? But it's a very important part of our duty sons of the kingdom, children of the kingdom, that we are salt and light. We need to remember that evil will always be present in this world. If you joined us in our study of Revelation through that, you see what a world we live in and how it's going to increase when saints are taken out. But it is not our ability to be able to take evil and destroy it. So there are wheat among the tares. There are tares among the wheat. I think this parable as well speaks to the patience of believers. We are to patiently persevere in faith and obedience until that day when Jesus himself orders the complete removal. He said the angels will gather up. The tares, and will bind them, bundle them, and they will be judged. They will be burned. Second Peter chapter two. We are to trust that the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust for uh, the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Our Lord knows how to do that. He is the great landowner. And we cannot look at this text, this parable, without noting the compassion of God. Did you hear the final words that he speaks in this parable? Verse 43, Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father, their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you wheat? Sons of the kingdom, children of the kingdom? Or are you tares, sons of the devil, children of the devil? But he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The end of what age is when this judgment's going to take place? The end of the age of grace. We live in that age today. Where the gospel invitation is that whosoever will may come. If you recognize this morning that you've never trusted Christ for the penalty and payment for your sin, you've never believed on Him as your substitute, and you've never been born again, then you recognize that you're a tear among the wheat. But the compassion of God is that we're still in an age of grace. The end of the age hasn't occurred. The day of judgment when the angels will gather up the tares and bundle them and burn them in judgment. So today if you hear His voice, harden not your heart. Today is a day for you to respond. Not to wait and be cast into the furnace of fire where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. There is a devil's hell prepared for the devil and his angels. That's where he'll take you if you hear his voice and respond to him. Instead of the compassionate, gracious, merciful Lord who paid the price, who did the work, who saves you as you trust in him. Will you? Are you? I wouldn't want you to leave this place today without knowing that you know What Jesus did for you and trusting in Him, not just saying, oh, I believe that and going on. See, those whom He saves, He changes, He transforms. He makes you not a tear, but wheat. Will you trust Him today? Pray with me. Well, every head's bowed, every eye closed. As we hear God's Word, he who has ears, let him hear what the Savior says. Father in heaven, we thank you for this word, this parable. We pray that we've been faithful to rightly divide it. We pray that we've had ears to hear. And we rejoice in your great compassion. Help us to be salt and light in the presence of evil. For we live in a world that has been infected by Satan's tares. Father, we pray for strength, for courage for discernment that we might be sons and daughters of the kingdom glorifying you producing the fruit the crop that you want produced thank you lord for your word and help us to understand and to apply we pray in Jesus name amen we